Well, good morning. How are you doing this morning? Why don't you touch three people and say, you're looking great this morning. Don't lie though, don't lie. Well, thank you, Pastor Jody, for a powerful communion and that band. How good was that item? I speak Jesus, come on. That was awesome, thank you. Well, I get the honor and privilege to bring God's word this morning. Uh, I'm so thankful for the opportunity. Thank you, Pastor. He's probably watching online. And welcome to those who are tuning in online as well. Uh, Welcome. It is an honor and privilege. Uh, One thing I was actually super excited for this morning is I get to use this lapel, this uh, thing over here. I don't have to hold a mic. My hands are free to move. So if I move my hands a little bit too much this morning, forgive me. All right, but I'm sure my much isn't much compared to Pastor. So, (laughs) hey, why don't we pray before we get into God's word this morning? Uh, Holy Spirit, we just thank you that you're in this place. We thank you that we get to come and lift up the name that is above every other name, the name of Jesus. And Father, I just ask that you speak so powerfully in this place. I pray it wouldn't be my words, but it would be your words, Father God. I'm a messenger, Lord. And I just pray, Lord, speak powerfully and speak to each individual in this place. In Jesus' name we say, Amen. Amen. So the title of my message this morning is are you a fan or follower of Jesus? And if you have your Bibles, why don't you turn with me to Matthew 4, verse 18 to 20. Yes, it's up on the screen. And it says, as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. And this was an invitation to Peter and Andrew to leave their old lives, their old jobs, and to come be Jesus' disciples, a life of following him. And Jesus has extended that invitation to every single person in this place to a life of following him. Come, follow me. But the big question this morning Churches, are we a fan or follower of Jesus? Are we being a fan or follower of Jesus? And let me explain. Who has a favorite sports team? Who watched the Blues? Too soon, too soon? I think it was too soon, yes. Let's not talk about that. Let's not talk about that. Any um, State of Origin fans in the house? New South Queensland? Yeah, see a few hands, few hands. Um, Any uh, Warriors fans? All right, depends if they're winning or not, eh? Depends if they're winning or not. Any Golden State Warriors? Anyone watch the NBA championship this week? Uh, Golden State took it out. Um, All Whites, I'm not sure if you watched the All Whites last week. They suffered a hard loss, didn't make the World Cup. Surely we're all All Blacks fans in the house, yes? And so you would consider yourself a fan of those teams, right? And a fan, according to the dictionary, is someone who has a strong interest or admiration for a person or a thing. As a fan of a team, we you know, cheer and support them, we have their gear, we watch their games, we shout at the TV when they're playing, come on! Some more than the preacher at church. Okay, okay. Yeah, we cheer and support them, but that's as far as it goes. Doesn't affect me in any way. Yeah, I might feel a little bit down after the game last night, but yeah, doesn't affect me too much. Whereas a follower is different. You know what a follower does, church? Is they follow. 
following church is more than just a button on Instagram, more than just a button on TikTok, it's more than just being mutual friends on Facebook, or more than just having a strong interest or admiring someone or something. To follow means to literally walk in someone's footsteps, to copy their every move, to imitate them. And are we just being fans of Jesus? And what I mean by that church is, do we come to church every Sunday? We sing songs, we shout, Jesus! But that's as far as it goes. You know, there's no effort to follow his ways from Monday to Saturday. You know, I strongly admire Jesus, have a strong interest for him, but you know, that's as far as it goes. Is that the type of Christianity we're living? Or are we true followers? And you see what Jesus was talking about when he said, come, follow me. Was come, follow my ways. Come follow my actions. Come follow the example that I set when I walked here on this earth. That's what it takes. That's what it's gonna take for us to be followers of Jesus. And I love that word disciple. You know, the closest translation in the English for disciple actually means apprentice. And I'm sure we have some tradies in the house. Do we have some tradies in the house? But to become you know, a plumber or electrician or a um, builder, you have to apprentice under someone. Usually someone that's been doing it for a very long time, has a lot of experience, and your goal is to follow them around, uh, be like them, learn from them. And I think this draws a great picture of what it takes for us to follow Jesus. And so there's four points I wanna challenge us with this morning, church, of what it takes to be a follower and not a fan. Point number one, a fan is a spectator. Being a bench warmer, lucky I never was back in my sporting days. <laughs> but field of the court, he plays his part. And you're on the Church Unlimited team. Touch someone and say, you're on the Church Unlimited team. You're on team Jesus. And so we all play our part through participating. You see, Christianity isn't a spectator sport. It involves active participation. It involves serving. It involves sharing our faith. It involves doing something significant for God. Thank you, amen. And so let's be careful not to get caught up in consumer Christianity. It involves active participation. And our faith grows best when we're both receiving and giving. Receiving, what, what are some things we do as Christians to receive? Encounters, you know, we worship, spend time with God in devotions. We come to church, hear the word of God, come together with a fellowship of believers and, and life groups. But we also gotta be giving as well. And how do we give as Christians? By serving, serving God with our time, serving in and out of church, being generous to others and with um, our finances, um, sharing our faith, doing something significant for God, partnering with God in the Great Commission. We've gotta be giving or receiving and giving. We've gotta be doing both for optimal growth in our faith. Oh, that rhymed. We've gotta be doing both for optimal growth. If we're receiving all the time and not giving, then we become couch potato Christians. Touch someone and say, don't be a couch potato Christian, man. Don't be a... But if we're giving all the time and not receiving, then we will eventually burn out. We've gotta be doing both for optimal growth in our faith. And Jesus was the perfect example of this. He served us. He served his disciples. I mean, he even washed their stinky feet 
Like, come on, I know some of us, we wouldn't wash our spouse's feet, let's be honest. Let's be honest, I know I wouldn't, AJ wouldn't wash mine, I know, I know. But it says in Mark 10 verse 45, it says, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for, for many. And man, if Jesus can give his all, serve me by dying on the cross for my sins, come on, who reckons he's worthy of my service? He's worthy of my all. If he gave his all on the cross, just as we talked about this morning in communion, who thinks he's worthy of my all? And so my next question to you, church, is where are you participating? Do I need to start serving in church or outside of church as well? You know, maybe you need to help out in the ushering or, you know, I know Kids Church would love some help or the camera team would love some people. Or maybe you need to serve in the car park next week and everyone said, I, I heard you guys, I heard you, I see you, I'll see you next Sunday. I um, help run the car park team, by the way. So if you wanna, you know, join, just talk to me. But serving also includes serving outside of these four walls too. It involves, do you need to step out and share your faith in your workplace? Do you need to start something at home or in, you know, in, in the marketplace or you're in school or your uni? Do you need to start a prayer group or a life group? You know, serving involves doing something for God and using your gifts to serve Him outside of these four walls too. So point number one, a fan is a spectator, a follower is a participator. Love that. And yes, church, involve, participating involves high commitment, but being a player on the team is way better than being a spectator, way better. It's the kind of commitment Jesus was talking about when He invites us to come and follow Him. And you know what the, one of the greatest things about being a player on God's team is we get to get closer to him. We get to partner with him, with his plans and purposes. And that church is one of the greatest rewards of being a player, is closeness and intimacy with him. Point number two, a fan is a hearer, a follower is a doer. James 1 verse 22, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. A fan of Jesus hears God's word and does nothing with it, but a follower puts God's word into action. He or she is obedient even when it's hard and even when it hurts. In church, we live in a day and age where we are overloaded with information. Like, come on, we are overloaded with information. I want to know something, click of a button, Uncle Google will tell me anything I want to know. And we live in a day and age where we, can, we live or we can search any world-class speaker, any world-class preacher at the click of a button. You know, T.D. Jakes, Stephen Furtick, um, Jensen Franklin, Pastark, at the click of a button. And that's not a bad thing, that's not a bad thing. But all the messages, all the information in the world will not change us. It's what we do with that, it's what we do with God's word and what God is speaking to us that will bring true change and transformation. It's information plus application that equals transformation in our lives. It's God's word and the application of it that will lead to true transformation in our lives. Hebrews 4 verse 12 says, this book is alive and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. And it means it, can, it speaks to us, it's alive, it can change and transform us. And we've got to practice what we preach, we've got to walk the talk. And I'm uh, preaching to myself here, but some of us are great at this. We can talk. We can talk until the cows come home. But when it comes to action, 
different story. And so if we are to build a you know, stable foundation, as Pastor Ark was sharing a couple of weeks ago, we've got to be doers and not hearers only. And what's the most solid foundation? Yes, God's, God's word. But if we are to build our lives on this, man, we've got to not just be hearing, but doing it as well. So what are, what are you doing with what God is speaking to you today or the past few days? Are you applying it to your life? Is there an action step you need to take this morning? Number two, a fan is a hearer. A follower is a? A follower is a? Point number three, a fan, this is my favorite point by the way. A fan has God as an add-on, whereas a follower puts God first. And when you're a fan of a team, yes, you watch their games, you have their gear and so on. Who has some gear of their favorite team? Yeah, got a few. Um, but it's just an add-on to our life, right? Just something, you know, on the side. A fan of Jesus has them as an add-on to their life. Their relationship with Christ, going to youth or church, is just something a fan has added on to the side of their lives. Something they've added on, but if, if they're really honest, eh, isn't too much of a priority. Oh, it isn't that important. Cool, went to church, ticked that box for the week. Oh, maybe I'll get some time to spend some time in, in the Word or in prayer. Whereas a follower, man, he puts God first. Putting Him first in everything, in our day-to-day lives, and school and work, and our family. You know, a follower's relationship with Jesus is priority over everything else. And I love what it says in Matthew 6, verse 33. It says, what does it say? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and what? All these things shall be onto you. And we seek God first. Man, he adds those things onto you. Where sometimes we can have it the other way around. We seek all these things first, and yeah, I'll just add God onto the side here. I'll just add him on as an add-on to my life. And by the way, all those things doesn't mean all the riches in the world, don't get too excited. It means when we read the context of that verse, it's God will provide for our every need. And I believe this is such a key verse in our Christian life and walk in. Man, it's been so influential in, in my life. You know, I never was the greatest student, but I learned how to put God first. And, you know, he added those A pluses or excellences onto me. You know, he added those. And I never pursued, uh, I never went to university or pursued a you know, high-paying career, but, you know, God takes care of my every need, and so on and so on. And so how do we put God first? Well, it's a lot easier said than done. <laughs> There's a lot of things, but I love what it says in Romans 12 verse one. It says to present our bodies as living sacrifice. And the message translation puts it this way. So here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. And I love this because putting God first in our life doesn't have to be something extraordinary. It can be as simple as putting him first in our day-to-day ordinary life things. Point number three, a fan has God as an add-on, whereas a follower, what does a follower do? It puts God first. Amen. We doing good? All right, touch someone and say, lean in. Lean in. This is the last point of this morning. 
So point number four, a fan conforms, whereas a follower transforms. And continuing on from Romans 12, and it says in verse two, it says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be renewed by the renewing of your mind. Message translation says, don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. And a fan conforms to the culture. You know, he just settles for the standards of the world. He just does what everyone else does, even if it might be wrong in God's eyes. You know, oh, everyone else does it. Oh, you know, all my friends do it. You know, it's okay. And what scares me is, like it says in this verse, is sometimes we don't even realize. We become so comfortable in the culture that we're in that we conform to it without even thinking. Whereas a follower transforms the culture. And a follower, through following Jesus, through trans, being transformed by him, through becoming more like him, then goes and brings that culture into everywhere they go. And I believe as Christians, as followers of Jesus, I believe we're called to release culture and not relate to it. We're called to release culture, not relate to it. We bring the culture of God's kingdom. We bring the culture of heaven into everywhere we go, into our homes, into our friend groups, into our families. We bring the culture of the kingdom of God to where we go. And how do we do that? Man, we bring God's love. We bring God's peace. We bring the fruit of the spirit. We bring God's justice. We stand up for what is right and wrong. We bring that into everywhere that we go. And this morning, I wanna finish with a quick testimony. I was back when I was playing football, so it's quite fitting uh, for this message this morning. And uh, it was back in the day. Um, I just joined a new football team. And um, I trained with them for about a couple of sessions, but I got the opportunity to go with them to the under-17 national tournament. Uh, For those who don't know, I played football back in the day. I was a goalkeeper. You know, I know I'm not that tall, but I was a good one, I was a good one. But anyway, we rocked up to this tournament, all the top football teams in the world, and I could tell by one or two sessions that, yeah, we were gonna get smashed. We were gonna, we, oh, mate, I was, yeah, I was shaking my head. And so that was my expectation. But God really put up my heart to really step out of my comfort zone and um, shine my light in this team. And so he put up my heart to pray with the team before each game. And so the first game starts, and... I was actually sat on the bench, oh no. I was a bench warmer, it's a bench warmer. And it was because I was new, it was because I was new. And, um, and God put on my heart to step out and pray. And so I went up to the, came off the bench, ran up to the starting team, I said, like, hey guys, um, is it right if we pray? And they're, they're like, yeah, sweet, let's, um, let's pray. And so um, I prayed and we just thanked and honored God. And, um, but that was our thing, that was our thing before each game is we'd huddle together and would pray honor God before each game. And I'm telling you, because we honored God, he performed a miracle in our team. Like, I don't know what happened, but we went undefeated until the final of the under-17 national tournament. And even our coach was surprised. He was like, I didn't even think we'd make past the final eight. I was like, oh, what a coach, eh? What a coach, my word. And so... But that wasn't the biggest miracle, church. The biggest miracle was God changed the whole culture of that team. And it was our thing before each game, we'd huddle together and we'd pray, thank, and honor God before uh, we played. And one of my biggest highlights, my biggest highlight was the semifinals. Uh, we just won a penalty shootout and I was starting 
by that point, I was starting, I worked my way up. And um, have you guys seen in like a World Cup final when they win a penalty shootout and you know, the goalkeeper's running towards the team and the team's running towards them across the field? You know what I'm talking about? And so that was me, I was, I was running to my team, I was like, yeah! And the, my team was running to me and they're like, yeah! And we were, came together and we we're like, yeah, celebrating. And then the first thing someone said, and this was a non-Christian guy, he was like, hey guys, let's stop and let's thank God. And I was like, amen, brother, amen, amen. And, and so we, huddled, we stopped our celebrations, we huddled together and we prayed and thanked God. And you know, God is so good. He did a work in the hearts of all these non-Christians uh, in this team. And we went to the final, we lost 2-0, but honestly, Yes, we won in God's size. And that's the thing, our team, we didn't care. We were just thankful to God to be uh, being there. And as Christians, we're called to release culture, not relate to it. And church, you can do that wherever God has placed you. And you can release the kingdom of God, the culture of his kingdom and heaven into where God has placed you. You can shine your light and point people to Jesus through being that Lights. So point number four, a fan conforms. A follower? Transform. A follower through following Jesus, becoming more like him, brings that culture into wherever we go. And church, Jesus extends that invitation to all of us this morning. Come and follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. And yes, Jesus said that to Peter and Andrew because instead of literally fishing, they'll be fishing for the souls and salvations of men and women. But also what I believe Jesus is saying here is come follow me. I mean, I have so much bigger and better plans for your life. Man, you're not gonna be fishing for the, you know, just little fishies. You're gonna be fishing for the souls and salvations of people. And I believe the same applies to us. God has bigger and better plans for our life, amen? Has anyone received that this morning? He has bigger and better plans for our life. And it's not gonna be a bed of roses. And following Jesus comes at a cost. It takes sacrifice. The Bible's pretty clear that if whoever wants to follow me must take up his cross, you know, deny himself and be and follow me. But can I finish on this, church? Is following Jesus is the best life we could ever live. It's gonna be a roller coaster, but following Jesus is the best life ever lived. So are you a fan or follower of Jesus? It's my challenge to you this morning. One, a fan is a spectator. A follower is a? A fan is a hearer, a follower is a doer. A fan has God as an add-on, a follower puts God first. And point number four, a fan conforms and a follower transforms. And I know this is a, somewhat of a challenging message this morning, I know it isn't easy, we're all on our journeys, but praise God we have the help of the Holy Spirit to help us do so. Amen? Amen. Could I invite the band up to come this morning? And why don't we stand to our feet? And this morning I want us to do something a little bit different, I guess, a little bit different uh, for ministry time. And why don't you just close your eyes? And let's just focus on Jesus for a moment. And
You know, one step of obedience is worth more than a thousand sermons. One step of obedience is worth more than a thousand sermons. And I want us to, you know, I shared in point two is, you know, we gotta be doers and not hearers only. And what are we doing with what God is saying to us this morning? And so I want us to take a moment. Early in the week in, in Young Adults, we talked about listening prayer. You know, in prayer, yes, we talk to God, we ask Him things, but prayer also includes listening to God. You know, John 10 says, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. So what I want us to do this morning is, I just want to take us to take a couple of moments and ask God, ask the Holy Spirit, man, what is He speaking? What is He saying to you this morning? Just take a couple of moments. What is God speaking to you this morning? One step of obedience is worth more than a thousand sermons. feel like you got something from God or from the Holy Spirit, write it down. Take note. Treasure what God is speaking to you this morning. Give you a couple more moments.